It's great to have you all with us today, whether you're here in the room or also great to have you if you're joining us online today as well. Um, so the question we've just asked there, who is your favorite talent show judge? Now, do you have a favorite talent show judge? Anyone? Anton? Dubeck? Is that the same person? Simon Cowell? Sorry? Bradley Walsh? Craig Revel Hallward. I don't know if this reveals anything about people's personalities or not. We'll, we'll go there in a moment. But I, There's a hand at the back. Go on, Daniel. Just shout it out. Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. Another vote for Simon Cowell. Um, I suspect many of you don't have a favourite talent show judge. That's okay. Um, I think that I am... Um, in, our, in our household, we tend to watch Britain's Got Talent um, and... Well, some of us watch Britain's Got Talent and some watch Strictly Come Dancing in our household. And so they're kind of like the, the talent shows that we might watch. Um, and uh, I think for me, I am probably more inclined to find the harsher judges more entertaining. There's just something about that. Maybe that's like, again, maybe that reveals something about my character. Um, but as we kind of talk this week, what we're gonna, something we're going to talk about is around this whole thing of judging. And what I've noticed is that when we watch shows like Britain's Got Talent, suddenly I become an expert on talent. And so we'll be watching, you know, these different kind of things, whether it's comedy or whether it's singing. And I will cast my judgment like I know something about those skills. And suddenly I become an expert on somebody who chooses to swallow like fire or something. And I'm like, well, you know, they could have done this, they could have done that, that was okay, that was good. And like, we all make judgments, don't we? I'm sure I'm not alone in that, although judging on some of your responses, maybe I am alone, I don't know. But we're in a, a series at the moment, which is called Rhythms. And we're looking at these regular patterns for connecting with God. So we have looked so far at the rhythms of prayer, of uh, forgiveness, of fasting, uh, of treasures in heaven. And then Jesus went back to talk about prayer again. So last week, Lois shared with us about prayer. And if you missed that message, I really encourage you to catch up with it. Um, do it now if you need to, that's fine. Um, but this week, we're going to look together at the rhythm of looking within. The rhythm of looking within. And I think as I talked a little bit there about um, kind of being judgmental, um, I know that I can be quite prone to being judgmental. I'm going to own that with you today. And I think that we can often live in quite a judgmental society. How do we judge? We judge in different ways. We judge people based on their looks, on their appearances, on their character traits, on their status, on their preferences, on their life choices on their relationship choices, on their parenting techniques, on their political views, and the list goes on and on and on. And, and what often happens is that we think that our judgment is the most important opinion and view. Judging others for their flaws or their, their mishaps, as it were, is easy, but I wonder how often do we then miss our whopping big character flaws and mishaps in our own lives? Have you ever had the experience of telling someone about something uh, you think that they have done wrong only uh, for them to say something like this? Well, that's rich coming 
from you. The very thing that you are pointing out in them is a bigger struggle in your life. You just hadn't noticed it yet. <clears throat> and this judgmental characteristic that, like I said, I've seen in my life all too often, thankfully is something that Jesus spoke into. And so we're going to pick up um, Matthew chapter 7 and this series of rhythms. We're looking at um, something called the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus taught a crowd in front of him on a hillside, most likely in Galilee. And uh, these, thankfully, <coughs> excuse me, his collection of teaching was recorded for us. And one of the people that recorded it for us is Matthew. And so we're going to look at what um, Jesus said here in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 5. Jesus said, do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a plank in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the plank in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the plank in your own eye then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. We'll pause there on that. So we get a really strong word of warning here from Jesus. When Jesus is talking here about do not judge others, he's saying like don't pronounce guilt on other people. Don't set yourself above them. Like judgment ultimately falls on God. He's talking about how we can pronounce guilt and punishment on others for their sin without seeing our own sin. Jesus is warning us here. He's already, um, I think, touched in the Sermon on the Mount on what is the opposite to a judgmental way of living our lives. And so I think it's quite helpful this, that earlier on in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said two things that I think we can look back on. In um, Matthew chapter 5, you've got something called the Beatitudes, and Jesus said this. He said, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. And then in Matthew chapter 6, when we look together at the Lord's Prayer, he said, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debts. And so a challenge for anyone who is like me that can be judgmental is that a judgmental mindset doesn't demonstrate God's mercy and forgiveness. That's a really painful reflection. But it also shows us the way out of having a judgmental mindset. And it's a really simple formula. The formula is this. The more that we fill our minds with God's mercy, the more mercy we'll show to others. And the more that we fill our minds with God's forgiveness, then the more forgiving we will be of others. So the more mercy and the more forgiveness that we show others, then the less judgmental our mindset becomes. We begin to give people grace for their faults as we realize, well, I've got plenty of faults myself. And then, of course, there's the reminder to us all about how God has chosen to deal with our sin, how God has chosen to deal with our mess. 
And he's chosen to deal with our sin and our mess by sending his son Jesus to die for us. Like the most gracious, forgiving act that anyone has ever done and will ever do. That's how he chose to deal with us. And so in turn, then we can choose to be merciful and forgiving with other people in our lives. In this passage that we just read before, we see that Jesus is back talking about the hypocrites again. He's got a real issue in the Sermon on the Mount with people who are hypocritical, who say one thing but do another thing. And in this example, he gives us, he's talking about people who point out someone else's sin and don't notice their own sin. Let's read it um, again here. It says, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a plank in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the plank in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the plank in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. And so I think that a judgmental mindset isn't looking within. And so this week, as I said, we're talking about this rhythm of looking within. And I I love how Jesus uses what I think is quite a humorous kind of metaphor from like the family business, carpentry, and he talks about this plank. And so I thought, well, let's get a plank of wood on stage today just to help us out. And what Jesus is saying is he's saying, look, when you have a plank in your eye, which is kind of hard to do with this plank, but like it's really hard then, right, to see okay, out of this eye, and you become judgmental, and you look at other people's specks in their eye, it's getting a bit heavy, Um, and what you do then is you judge people for like the little tiny speck, I don't even know if you can see this, but that tiny speck in people's eye, in someone else's eye, but what you're not dealing with is that massive whopping great plank in your own eye. I am guilty, as I've said, of doing that myself. Trying to make a point about something that somebody shouldn't do, and they respond with, well, why do you do it then? And then I kind of swallow my pride and I think, oh yeah, you're right. And I think that um, that has perhaps been more kind of evident in my life, or I've perhaps seen it more in my life since becoming a parent since having children, trying to make a point about something that they shouldn't do, and they respond with, well, why do you do it then? It's often around, um, I'll give you an example, it's often around screen time, and so a thing in our household is that screen time, you have a, a kind of limit on screen time, and then that comes to an end, and then we have to be boring and do those things that we do without screens, right? And so screen time comes to an end, and and they'll say to me something like, well, why are you on your phone then? Like, it's really hypocritical, isn't it? And they're right. It's a fair point. But that's when I say, because I'm a grown-up and you're not. And then we move on, right? <laughs> but like, in dealing with our hypocrisy, Jesus, I think, points us towards this rhythm of looking within. He says, first get rid of the plank in your own eye then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. He's encouraging us to look 
under the bonnet of our lives. Because it's really hard to see what's going on in our own lives if all we can see is just this whopping great plank in our own eyes. If we haven't dealt with this plank. I love saying the word plank. It's just a good word, isn't it? Just turn to somebody and say, you plank. No, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Um, but Jesus is encouraging us to look under the bonnet of our lives. Um, growing up, my dad was a mechanic. And uh, he used to um, go out in his... Uh, part of his job was that he would drive a breakdown recovery truck. And so he would go out um, around in this truck to obviously fix and repair cars. And what was great is that on the weekend, I was allowed to go to work with him. It was great for me. I don't think he necessarily found it as fun. Um, the kind of reflection that I always get told is that I was just a real chatterbox. And this was like at the age of seven and eight when I had all the big questions that I was working through in life. And we used to um, drive all around South Wales and the West Midlands, um, I was going to say looking for cars, like we didn't just go out looking for cars, right? But he would get a call out and then we'd go um, and I'd kind of get to sit with him in the, in the truck and we'd turn up and obviously he'd either have to repair a car where he found it um, if he could or he'd have to put it onto the back of the lorry, take it back to the garage and then it would get repaired um, or sometimes it would get scrapped. Um, but here's what I learned. And I didn't learn this at the age of seven or eight. I've learned this as I've become older, as I've become a grown-up myself. But when you neglect certain things in your car, they have a nasty habit of breaking down. And eventually, they'll cause your car to stop working. I can think of a couple of examples. There's been three times, and you'd think I would learn from the first time, but I didn't, where I've seen the warning signs come up on the dashboard to say, you need to get some petrol in this car now. But I didn't. I thought, I've got a bit more. There's a bit more in it. Does anybody else do that where you think, no, no, they kind of tell you that, but actually you've still got a bit of a reserve, haven't you? I feel like that's some kind of myth because three, on three different occasions, the car has stopped working because I've ignored the warning signs and I've just kept going. And so the obvious thing to do for all of us, right, would be to keep checking under the bonnet to make sure that things are okay and that things are kept in good repair. And it's the same with our lives. That's the rhythm of looking within. The rhythm of looking within means that we become aware, perhaps, of our blind spots. Or when we look within, we're keeping an eye on what pressure is being put on the weaknesses that we know we have. Or when we look within, we're becoming aware of our shadows and when we talk about shadows, we're talking about those things that maybe those learnt behaviours that we learnt growing up, perhaps from the ways that we were parented. Or it might be from some trauma that we've experienced in our life and we can look within to make sure that like, that trauma, like, have we kind of worked that through with somebody? Have we got some help with that? And when we look within, the, the rhythm of looking within is to look and see, well, where am I just being really tempted at the moment? Where do I need some help in that area of my life? What are the frustrations in my life at the moment? What are the, the, what's the sin? What's the hidden sin? What's the thing that's lurking in my life at the moment that I'm not dealing with? But the more that we neglect those things, what happens is that the, the plank, it grows bigger. And our ability to show mercy and forgiveness to others grows smaller. There's a, a, a man, a pastor in New York called Rich Velodis, and 
He says this in his book, The Deeply Formed Life. He says, sooner or later, the stuff that we ignore will explode when we least expect it. Looking under the hood of our souls or at the lower deck of our lives or beneath the surface of the iceberg requires something of us. And the thing that it requires of us is this rhythm of looking within. This regular checkup, this self-examination of our lives to make sure, are those things okay in our lives? And how do we live out then this rhythm? And I've got three things that are not um, kind of, there's nothing kind of clever or complicated about how I've come up with these three things. I'm trying to make them as accessible for all of us as we can. And so here's the three things. Ask God, ask yourself, and ask others. Ask God ask yourself, and ask others. And so let's start with that first one, ask God. A great place when it comes to the rhythm of looking within is to start by asking our creator. And here's the great thing about asking our creator if there's anything within us that we might need some help or to change or to grow in. Like, he's our creator, right? And so he already knows everything about us. There's nothing to hide from him. Five years ago um, or so, I think it was about five years ago, I um, started this rhythm of praying through part of Psalm 139. And this is what Psalm 139 says in the message version. It says this, it says, investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. And I wrote that out in my journal uh, or printed it out. And then what I would do is on a, on a kind of as often as I can remember to, I would pray through that passage of scripture. And I would say to God those words. <clears throat> but here's the problem. What I found is that God listens and he answers back. And he prompts me towards things that I know I've done wrong, things that I know need to change, things that I know need to, to grow, things that I know I need to sorry, say sorry for. Um, and it, it's not easy, right? But it became a rhythm, not an easy or straightforward rhythm, because like I said, he'd tell me the truth. But what I found in turn then is that I would experience his mercy and his forgiveness for my faults, for my planks. And in turn, I felt that I had more grace with others. I felt that I had more mercy for others and more forgiveness for others because that is how we can grow in this rhythm of looking within by saying, asking God, what do I need your help with? The challenge, of course, though, is that when he prompts us and when he tells us those things, the challenge is that we've got to follow up on those things, right? And do something about it. Because it's one thing to know about those things in our lives. It's another thing to do something about it. But the great thing is this. We don't do it in our own strength. We don't do it in our own strength. God, by his spirit, helps us to deal with stuff as we ask him. And as he points things out in our lives, he helps us by his spirit. There can be a, a kind of mindset that we think that when we ask God these things, he's going to condemn us. But the Bible is really clear that God doesn't condemn us. 
He rescues us. He saves us. He helps us. And so we can ask God to reveal within us those things in the safety and the assurance that with him there is mercy and forgiveness and he will help us, not condemn us. This rhythm of looking within is about exposing our lives to God's love and letting him mold us and shape our characters to grow in love, in mercy, in forgiveness, in kindness, and in other characteristics that reflect who he is. The, the second thing to do when following out this rhythm of looking within is to ask yourself. A big part of looking within can be to ask yourself certain questions when you find yourself perhaps in this place of pointing out someone else's faults. Or when you know that there are certain characteristics in your life that are creeping in and that are affecting your relationships. There's a, a couple called Pete and uh, Jerry Scazzaro, and they've written loads of great resources around emotional health. And in um, one of their resources, they talk about how you could ask yourself four really simple questions, but in doing that, this will reveal certain things. So here's the questions. What are you mad about? What are you sad about? What are you anxious about? And what are you glad about? And if we're honest with these simple questions, then what they'll do is they'll, they'll suggest and they'll bring to light emotions that might be under the surface and hidden. They might also reveal emotions that actually are not under the surface, but they're up here. And we're expressing them in our lives at the time. And those emotions are fine. That's okay. They're not bad things. They're good things. It's good that we know how to express our emotions, but they might reveal to us things that when we look within, we've become quite judgmental about. And what happens is that plank, it's been growing bigger and bigger in our lives. And what it's doing is it's hindering us from being able to help others. It will reveal to us perhaps emotions that need to be named, emotions that need to be processed, and things that we might need to get further healing and help from. This is a great way to look within that I'd really recommend doing. And the responses from these questions, they bring to light things that we perhaps need to bring to God, like we just talked about before, and also things that we might need to bring to others. And so let's look at the next thing, ask others. <clears throat> I just want to bring like, a really important disclaimer to this point. So if you've not heard anything, just zone in for a moment and then you can zone back out and think about the rest of your day, that's fine. But like, we've all probably had experiences where we have asked the wrong people to help us um, see our blind spots. That moment where they take a deep breath and say, finally, I thought you would never ask. And then they just unleash on us. All those things that probably reflect on healthiness in them. And what they do is instead of speaking the truth in love, they leave you feeling hurt or exposed or violated. Instead, they've spoken their hurts and their pains over you. So when I say ask others, like be wise with who you choose. It's okay to be selective with this. Make sure it's people who you are in close community with. Make sure it's people who want the best 
for you, people who care for you, people who are gracious and not condemning, people who reflect Jesus' love to you. It's not that we ignore others. Like, sometimes we might have to learn a few hard truths from people who we perhaps don't want to learn those few hard truths from. I'm not saying ignore them. I'm just saying be wise about how you filter this one. But looking within involves asking others to help you. And that should happen in safe spaces, with people that you can trust and with people who want the best for you. Maybe as we kind of talk about this whole thing of asking others, perhaps it's highlighting for you that um, you don't really have that in your life. You don't really have a community to ask. And that's not something that can just happen overnight. But like <clears throat> for, for us as a church, we have something called connect groups. And I just want to take a moment to point you towards our connect groups. And you can look at our connect groups online and you can sign up for our connect groups online. They are what we <clears throat> hope and believe will be a safe space in order to do some of this looking within with people around you who are for you. Um, it could be that uh, someone then just helps you just to ask the right questions. Someone who perhaps points you towards the right help. It could be that maybe asking others might mean that you need to ask a professionally trained counsellor. And like we can't stress the importance enough of that as a church. We'll always bang that drum. Like if you need some help, if you're in a place today where that plank is really big and you can't deal with it and you need some help, then like we'd encourage you, like seek out the help of a counsellor. Again, they will ask the right questions. They'll point you towards the right help. And they can help you look back at times over things in your life, those shadows that might be root causes for some of your behaviours. I personally have found this to be an incredibly beneficial thing in my life, which is why I stand here today and say, like, please do that if you need to do that. I want to finish with this. I'll just invite the band to come back up and join me. Um, a reminder of what Jesus said. We've looked at these three things. Ask God, ask yourself, and ask others. This is all about the rhythm of looking within. But Jesus said this, and we'll finish with this. Jesus said, first, get rid of the plank in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. And so what happens as we kind of carry out this rhythm of looking within is that this plank will get hopefully smaller and smaller. And it's not to say that this plank won't come back because it's a rhythm of looking within. So we need to keep looking within. We need to keep asking God. We need to keep asking um, ourselves. We need to keep asking others. But what we believe will happen is that as that plank gets smaller, then suddenly we'll have eyes to see what's going on in other people's lives. But when Jesus says here, he says, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. He's already talked about judgment. He's not saying, then you can cast judgment on David's mess. And then you can cast judgment on Di's failures. And then, I'm sure they're in great places in life, by the way. That, that was very judgmental, wasn't it? But what he's saying is, then you'll see well enough to bring mercy and forgiveness 
and to bring God's grace and to reflect Jesus' love into people around you. And that is the rhythm of looking within. That ultimately, the more that we look within, it will help us to look around and to do what our vision as a church is, which is to help our community. And helping our community involves us looking within, dealing with our stuff, in order that we can help others with their stuff. Amen.